Welcome to the Cook Collective Podcast. I'm Brandon Cook, and here along with my cousin Adam, we're here to speak about our life experiences and growth through plant medicines, meditation, exercise, diet, and how it all plays a vital role in our relationships and everyday lives. Hey, everybody. I hope everyone is having a wonderful day out there. I am having a beautiful spring day here in Austin, Texas. Warm, the birds are singing, the trees are starting to bloom, and yeah, hope you're having a beautiful day as well. For those of you who are familiar with the podcast, you're probably not used to hearing my voice up in the beginning of the intro like this, and that's because Adam and I are changing things up a bit this season. Uh, Some of you are probably already familiar that I relocated to Austin, Texas, and Adam is still holding it down in Southern California. But with that, we're excited in this new season to bring you new interviews. You know, we're going to kind of divide and conquer the interview thing now as we're in two different parts of the country and really interview people who inspire us, inspire us creatively, inspire us just to be better people, whether it's health and wellness, visual art, music. We're really excited to continue to dive in to interview people that we want to know about more about and hopefully something with that strikes a chord in you that inspires you to do your thing the best that you can. Um, today we have a very special guest that I'm excited about some good friends of mine from the music scene back in LA, a band called the dooms. It was just recently South by Southwest here in Austin, Texas, just two weekends of craziness as in the whole city basically turns into a music festival. There's a lot of other stuff going on. A lot of talks of innovation when it, and creativity when it comes to tech art Basically, anything that is interesting, somebody is speaking about it and is just a master of their field during the convention. But outside the convention, the whole city, which is already bursting at the seams with great music everywhere, turns basically into a giant music festival with anywhere you go, you're hearing great music pour out of basically every storefront, every park, you name it. And my friends in the Dooms were down here from LA to play some showcases they played the main stage opening for Sammy Hagar, which we get to dive into a bit about. Was really hoping for some crazier stories of like them partying with Sammy Hagar and Guy Fieri, but you know, this was just their introduction. You never know. Maybe we're all going to be hanging out in Cabo with Sammy later this month. Who's to say what's going to happen? Anyways, really excited to dive in with them about what it what is like being an independent band in this day and age, especially with someone like the dooms that are really up and coming out there, killing it, um, have a great EP that they recorded with Joe Ciccarelli has started to get a lot of good traction, a lot of new singles that they've been dropping as well as diving in with, uh, their songwriter and lead singer Elodie about how mushrooms have really helped her journey in songwriting, diving into some deeper emotions that she's allowed to really flourish and let go when it comes to songwriting and dive into this new kind of style of energy and allowing her aggression to come through and how therapeutic that can be, especially as an artist. Um, Yeah, just such a great chat with them and so great to catch up with them. Make sure to follow them at the dooms underscore on Instagram for, as they say, some wholesome content, as well as hearing or seeing when new music is about to drop from them. They have two new singles that are out. And if they're going to be playing in your city anytime soon, definitely recommend checking them out. They put on a great live show. Also, while you're on the interwebs, be sure to check out the Cook Collective website uh, for new apparel drops, for our blog posts. Um, You know, the sales from these t-shirts go help to fund this podcast as well as other creative endeavors we have coming up. So be sure to check that out. See if anything on there resonates with you. Be sure to also follow us on TikTok, Instagram, all that good stuff. The Telegram group that we have going has really turned into a great community and we would love to see you on there. Um, We have a great thread going on there. You know, we'd also love to see any sort of creative endeavors you guys have going on. Drop us a link in there. See what's going on. Um, For those of you that may be concerned that Adam and I aren't podcasting together as much because we're not in the same city, we have something really fun that we've been starting to do, which is uh, the live podcast via Twitch. So be sure to check out Instagram and Telegram for when that will be happening. It'll be happening more regularly coming up. We have a really fun pre-show that we do where we just hang 
you know, shoot the shit with people, see what everyone's up to. If you're a musician, also drop us your a link to your music so we can play that during the pre-show. Share that in the Telegram. As far as other types of interweb stuff, the socials, all that good stuff, be sure to follow Adam at Infinite Visions, follow myself at Funk Nasty Cook, and check out my new website, funknastycook.com, for any sort of audio and especially music production-related services that I'm offering. If music or audio is your thing and you're looking to dive into a new creative endeavor with that, uh, hit me up. I would love to see how I can help. That brings me a lot of joy kind of in this collaborative process of helping others remove any boundaries or just like create a good space to allow you to create to the best of your capability. So hit me up on there on funknastycook.com. Anyways, enough business stuff. Let's dive into the show. Very excited to chat with the Dooms. All right, the Dooms, Chris, Liam, Kyle, Pete, Elodie, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks hey for yeah, thanks. yeah. Thanks for Happy to be here. Guys out in Austin for South by Southwest, played two killer shows. I only caught one of them, but I'm going to assume the other one was awesome too. <laughs> I think we had a little bit more fun at the second one. Yeah. It was a little bit smaller, more our speed, kind of more bar party vibe. Yeah, yeah. it just yeah. packed like dive bar. Yeah, it was outdoor. It was like an outdoor Rainy porch. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, rainy street scene over there. Very different from the like outdoor stage that we you saw us play. Yeah, on. which was just awesome. Also, to see you guys on a main like huge stage and just Thanks. yeah, that was really exciting. Yeah. We did not expect to have that show coming in here, but it was fun. We got to watch Sammy Hagar yeah. shortly after our set, which he he put on a pretty killer show. Dude gets out there and moves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. age is not slowing him down. And he is a performer. Oh, right? yeah. like, he's seventy four. We had 74? no idea. He was he was crushing. And then Jason Bonham was uh, on the drums, yeah. which is pretty sick. That, yeah, I was looking up his backing band because at the end of you guys said you popped up from the kit, and I was like, oh, is he gonna go play Jason's kit yeah. right now to start shredding on it? <laughs> No, I just didn't know. We we had an ending chord, and I didn't know they were going for the big ender, so I got up and then dove right back down. Yeah, I liked it, dude. It was rock and roll. It was rock and roll. It was like it, some of that performance aspect, you know, like Sammy. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Dude, oh. So this is your guys' first time as a band playing South by Southwest, mm -hmm. but you all have been in different incarnations of groups playing South by before, or some of your first South by's? This is like my first real South by. Yeah, I played a little house party years ago, just me and a guitar, but it was really shitty. This is this is definitely the way to do it. <laughs> I could see that. I, could, I mean, not. I'm sure that was amazing as well. I could Thanks. see where this was really fun. This is was my first here. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, wow. which oh. was a really fun experience, and then really fun to have people like all in town that I know and getting to see friends come through, playing big stages, doing big things, yeah. and representing LA in yeah. a good way. You know. Yeah, it feels a lot smaller. Like, it feels like there's actually room for younger, like, up-and-coming bands this time. Like, it doesn't feel as overwhelming as it did in years past. Like, and yeah. I, you, people at the show, af like, after our show last night were even like, oh, it's cool to actually, like, try to discover bands again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You can move around a little bit more. And, yeah, the, yeah, there's room for the acts to be out here playing. It was cool. Yeah, because... Laura and I were just having a blast, just walk around and something catches our ear, go exactly. pop in and become a fan of a, of and a new I band. And I feel like it was a little bit less like big lines and stuff like that. And they weren't as strict about some of the credential stuff and kind of people were more free roaming than it's been in years past. Well, I could imagine too, there's an energy right now of live music's back, live events like this are back. Everyone's just really stoked to be out exactly. congregating with people. We met some just new friends randomly because everyone's just out being friendly of like people again, yep. meeting, you know, strangers that are and now that, friends. Down to like all the crews and stuff, like all the stage crews are really nice. Like the people work in the backstage bars and stuff. Everyone just kind of down to hang. It was, it was good. Security yeah. was really cool though. Yeah, the whole time. really. I don't know if it's Austin or just people 
being excited, like the friendliest people I've encountered yeah. in a very I mean, long time. A lot of that is is Austin. I found that as someone who grew up outside of LA, lived in LA my whole life, then moved here. I'm like, people say hi to me when I'm walking. Yeah. I'm, I'm not yeah. used to that big time. Yeah, yeah we were uh, we were standing outside the Airbnb, and people just on a walk, like with their babies, were like, "Hey guys, what are you up to today?" Yeah. Like they just started a, started a full conversation yeah. in the middle yeah. of the street. Well, there's five degenerates sitting out <laughs> yeah. the house, like, <laughs> like sure you're talking to me. Exactly. You, I'm not used to this. Yeah. Well, also, I don't know. I can imagine there's a sense of people that were feeling burnt out by working so much, touring their asses off, having that break and being excited to work again. And I know for me, it was like, I was just personally getting burnt out of gigging. Totally, totally. You just, and that was just around town in LA where I'm excited again. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm excited Absolutely. to go play. And, and I, from the people that work production that I know here, we're just so excited to get back out on the road that there's an excitement where the burnout does get real and, you know, you don't want to turn down work, but at some point it was getting to where no one had any downtime and then forced extended downtime, imagining people were getting real excited just to be out there doing their thing that they're really good at. Big time. Again. Yeah. Right. Definitely hitting a reset. Yeah. Like across the board on, on live music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, and I think what's interesting about our band is that we just grew so much during the pandemic. Um, we recorded kind of our debut EP at the at right as lockdown started in LA. Um, but yeah, it's it's been interesting to really kind of find ourselves as a band and and grow so much uh it kind of in, you know, uh behind the scenes and now we're we're out and we can do our thing. Yeah. I, th- I mean I think that's a, a great mentality to have. I knew, you know, the lockdown for musicians was so hard on so many because one, work, two, just the thing that brings so many people joy where then that's taken away from you. But did you guys find that having that downtime was actually somewhat beneficial to write, to really strategize of how to come out of this with some new art, some new music, as opposed to getting lost in the kind of constantly going, going, going? 100%. It was really good for us. And we luckily had this outlet to focus all of our anger into, you know, and just yeah. have a tantrum. And a yeah. So it, it was, that's what we did. Yeah. It was kind of interesting timing for our band because we were just getting kind of air under our wings when the whole world shut down. So we kind of turned into our own pod kind of once the hardcore quarantine stopped, we were the group of people that we were together the whole time. And so we kind of got to find this identity in private and kind of hone it and then expose it out to the world for yeah. what it's worth. And yeah. We, we kind of, we unified, I think, through the whole thing, which was cool. Which is good to see, you know, and glad that you guys had that foresight is immediately to be like, let's hold ourselves up, let's create. And then you worked on that first EP with Joe Ciccarelli, mm-hmm. who's world famous, like <laughs> super producer, engineer extraordinaire. What, what was that process like of bringing those songs to him? How did that meeting it was really cool. We did pre-production with him, and then the whole time we were in the studio was the first two weeks of lockdown. Yeah. Like, so yeah. we were, everybody's like, oh, what the fuck's going on? No People, masks. No masks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Grocery store lines up the ass. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. So, and then, so you guys already had four songs or a handful of songs together. You come to him. This is like... For people who don't know how the kind of pre-production aspect of making a record works or just how making a record works... Mm. What was that process like for you guys yeah, before so coming to him? We kind of had been writing as a band, and we probably had a group of about 10 songs yeah. of, of demos. That then got sifted down to the five that Joe wanted to work on. And then we went into the rehearsal studio with him and, and honed each part. And yeah, five, five days of pre-production, I believe it was. So yeah. that was just us going in as if we were on stage and him walking around the room and poking at our parts and stuff. And then that turned into us going into the studio and basically laying them down live. And um, yeah, just yeah, all together he, in the same room. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And it, was, it, it, was, it was interesting, too, because he was like we were really open minded to like, hey, if you like he like really produced it where it was like he was chopping sections like he was kind of helping finish the writing process because we were kind of trying to find like the voice of the band still. Mm-hmm. So we went into it with the mentality of like, do your thing with this. Like, yeah. we want you to be like a voice on this record. And I think he kind of helped. He kind of helped uh, bring it together. He was a, like pretty hands on, but not like. He wasn't throwing out ideas just for the sake of it. He yeah. would just kind of walk mm-hmm. around and listen, and then he'd have, like, a couple really good ideas, and they would work. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's what makes a good producer, or, you know, a great producer a great producer, is they're not trying to change your guys' sound, but help you find it, you know, yeah, enable exactly. the tools and give you the space and facilitate 
a place for you to grow and find that, especially if you're open to yeah, allowing exactly. him yeah, to yeah. work and trust him. Cause that's a lot of trust as an artist to allow totally. an outsider to come in and be like, yeah, we want your voice on this. We want you to help with our creative process. Yeah. He was good at being transparent yet still living and leaving an imprint with us, which yeah. was kind of cool. Yeah, right? and he wasn't trying to do very like gimmicky things. Like he would he would kind of push back like when we I feel like when we would have a more like poppy idea or something, he'd want to get in there and fuck it up. He was like, I oh, want cool. you guys to like have something of yours. Like I don't want to just make a like a generic record, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember him saying uh, you know, after pre-production and there was a you know, maybe a, a few days before we went into the studio and he said, you know, don't over practice or rehearse. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, told us to not practice so many times. He's like, don't yeah. practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's to me in, there's a lost art of, of pre-production and how important that is. And in, in a lot of, you know, bands that are starting up and coming bands. And for those who don't know, it's like pre-production is basically getting those final 10, 15% of the song mm -hmm. together to get it ready to make an incredible recording yep. of it. So, you know, figuring out the right tempos, maybe changing the key or whatever that last little thing is, but where so much time can be wasted in the studio, um, so much money can be wasted in the yep. studio or coming out with a product that a lot of people aren't happy with where, you know, you hear of the pre-production stories in the 90s and the 70s of these producers just like hounding people, but that's what got the takes that they need, especially back then when exactly. you couldn't make everything perfect. Those bands had to go in and there. You and you get some of the most classic yeah. recordings coming out of that, things that feel really alive yet perfect at the same time because yeah. they put in the work. That just There was no trick about it. Kind yeah, of and, there, yeah. and at the end of the day, to anything great, to me, there's, there is no trick. Exactly. It. It's no just shortcuts. <laughs> I mean, it, it was cool. And then when we got into the live tracking of it, we were down to doing all our pedal switching live. So like, it would just be like, all right, what's the bass distortion tone for the chorus? And then we do four bass pedals and okay, that's that. And then over to Pete's tone and my tone. And yeah. then we'd finally hone it. And by take five or so, we had what felt like a record take and maybe take six was it. And we, you know, and we yeah. were on to the next song. All of those tracks are live takes aside from a couple guitar, a couple overdubs. Like, exactly. Yeah. A, a few keys, a few guitars. But yeah. Yeah. Pretty much it's live off the floor. And we did the five songs in... Two and a half days. Dang. You guys yeah, were cooking. So we spent more there. time in pre-production. And then happenstance, our last day of basics tracking was when the lockdown order came in for LA. So like oh. when we were scheduled to come back and do overdubs, we went like individually because oh, we, we were like didn't know where we were allowed to be. Yeah. We were like, what if I get pulled over with 15 guitars in my car? Like, yeah. I'm not an essential worker, clearly. <laughs> you know? I'm on my way to uh, the hospital with these. Uh, man, what a crazy, what crazy timing with that. Yeah, it was weird, like driving into Hollywood, like in apocalyptic style. Oh, like, that was the weirdest thing it in was LA. Bizarre. No that. traffic, though. Yeah, that, was, that was good. That is true. The commute was easy. I remember I, I worked at production for an NPR event, like right around that same time and being like, oh, I got to leave the east side to get down to Santa Monica. And it took me 15 minutes. Yeah. Whereas that's normally oh an hour God. drive easy. Totally. Yeah. And it was the weirdest thing. And kind of, I mean, I kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna lie. It was, it was like pretty not, nice. not yeah. having traffic in LA was kind of a gift, but what a weird time into that whole, you know, rushing out to get groceries and toilet paper it, it, it and the whole yeah. thing. And we were the only band really in there because yeah. everybody else canceled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We I, think, I think, yeah, we were the last. Yeah, we were the last record there before the lockdown. The quarantine, yeah. And then I think they figured something out like midway through or whatever. Yeah, they started exactly. Doing, but yeah, because yeah. you guys were recording in room one at Sunset yep. Sound, which is Zeppelin, which is The Doors, which Van Halen, yeah. Van Halen's. Yeah, I think all they're the yeah. first two records. Basically, amazing classic records. Like, are you feeling that energy when you're in there of like those stories that were told in there? Those you know, weird little happenstances. It is, yeah. If you were blindfolded and walk in there, you, there's an energy to it for sure. Even the smell. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say the, the smell, smell, man. It, it smells, smells like 1970 so in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah it really it's does. wild. And that vocal booth, vocal booth, there was some stains, so <laughs> yeah. the stories are true. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, I think Sunset Sound in general, I mean, even just, you know, being in the lobby or whatever, the whole place has a vibe. And yeah. uh, we, we got a kick out of... Uh, Playing on uh, Prince's basketball hoop that he set up, right? Between, right. Yeah, when we had breaks, uh, we would go out there, and that was that was a good time. And everybody that works there is so nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a lot. Was the, the intern, and she was the coolest person in the world. Yeah, Harriet. Shout out to Harriet. Yeah, <laughs> they, have, they have good engineers and yeah. yeah, yeah, good good peeps there. And 
in that vocal booth, because I think if I remember the story right, that was Janis Joplin's last place she she cut vocals there before going back to her hotel and ODing. Whereas like wow. even like those stories and feeling that energy in those tracking booths or remember Jim Messina telling me stories of like leaving like dead mice out for like the doors or, or maybe it was Joni Mitchell just to freak them out and stuff. Whereas like all these little shenanigans like add to that vibe there. And also to be able to cut drums where it's like Bonham trapped. It's fucking insane. Yeah. It's it's, special. It's a special place. So tell me, how did you guys all get together? Chris and I had been in a project together and one day I called him and I was like, I need to be angry. I need to be angry all the time. And then these guys came in and. Uh, well, it was. Angry. Yeah, that's a simplified version. But yeah. Way to no, draw we, on the so, listeners so, right there. So, uh, yeah, no, so Elodie and I, like, yeah, we, we met, we both met when we both first moved to LA and we had like. And when I was 18. Yeah. And we were, we were kind of doing like, um, she, we had, she had kind of like a pop uh, electronic type thing that I had played drums for. And we'd always mm. just kept in touch as friends and stuff. And then she would wanted to start a rock band. And I knew these guys just from gigging around town. Like uh, Pete, Liam, and I have played uh, in different configure like the Psychic Love days. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we were all kind of really tight. And when Elodie wanted to start a band, I kind of like was just like, who's who are the the coolest dudes and best players that I know? And, and, and they yeah, weren't available. They weren't available. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that's that's great because I was trying to think, Chris. I've we've known each other for a minute now. I think we met through a, fr- a mutual friend, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, we did. And then we, I think we like from some other some gigs at like the bootleg or something. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, we just kind of known each other at like yeah, throwing around that church gig and stuff too. Like, yeah, yeah. G- church gigs and just <laughs> Saturday night late night gigs before the early Sunday morning. Uh, yeah, church exactly. Gigs that, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every musician should experience at one point in their life, so they can be grateful to have Sundays off again at some point in their life. <laughs> yeah. I'm in that point, and it's really good. <laughs> and yeah, and then Pete and Liam, we met. Um, it was kind of an unfortunate circumstance of meeting, but really grateful I got to know you guys for uh, Laura Peters Memorial. And Laura Peters was in a group called Psychic Love, and you know I got to know her a bit, but was just so grateful of the community she really brought to the music scene in LA and was one of those people that from what, you know, the little bit that I got to know her of, instead of waiting for venues to allow you in, was just like, cool, I'll do it myself. Yeah. And to me created one of the best sounding venues in LA in her garage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's now a, a studio that Kyle and I operate yeah. is, is in that building. But yeah, it was that, that is how we met was putting together a, a tribute show after, uh, after she passed away and uh, yeah, we were really gra- grateful to have you. And uh, it was a- an amazing thing to see the outpouring of support for the community. She was one of the most generous people I ever knew. And that came back in tenfold that night. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was a beautiful and I mean, a heavy, but very beautiful night to see the impact somebody left on on LA, let alone the music community. This is so true. It was yeah. like one of the most intense things I've ever been a part of, I think. Yeah. That was, yeah. yeah. That was, maybe, yeah, it was a really weird, bittersweet, because that was one of the, like, one of the few events in LA where I felt like, oh, I feel really good about being here with all these people. Like, yeah. It, it was, yeah, it was really, really a special thing. I mean, because for me, it's just, it was always hard to feel the community aspect a lot. Like, if I ran into you guys at a gig or something, then it was cool, but it wasn't ever... Like, it's so spread out there. Maybe it's just geographically that's hard to do there, but she really... It was something special created. about Laura. Yeah. yeah. She she had that. Everyone felt kind of in her group, however it was, and they were in orbit around her. Yeah. And, so was- and, and P, I mean, MDing that, you just, like, you put on just... I mean, all of you, it's just such a beautiful... I felt so honored to be able to play that, that you guys asked me to play on that. That was really special for me. So thank you. Oh, That's, thank you, you know, man. that was thank you. I, kind of always a dream to sit in with psychic love when they were, when you guys were playing. Yeah. Cause I just loved the music. I love the music that you yeah, guys created. I mean, ultimately we were all really fans of Laura and yeah. her music and just wanted always just to uplift the songs. And, um, yeah, that was a, ch- a chance to, to really send that call out wide. And we were lucky to have a, a a lot of incredible musicians and singers on that show um, playing her music. Yeah. Yeah. In the most intensely packed bootleg theater I've ever been in. Yeah. Yeah. You could not get into that place. You couldn't get to the stage, like, to get on for your songs. That was insane. Yeah. Yeah. 
which yeah, was beautiful. Yeah, it really is was. Bootleg still around? Did no, it shut no, down? They're, they're, they're gone. They, they uh, were like an early COVID uh, yeah. casualty. casualty. Yeah. yeah, the, uh, what is it? The, uh, what's the Silver Lake venue? Oh, it's, uh, yeah, Satellite. Satellite. Yeah, that's gone too. That's gone. Yeah. That was. Yeah. That was another staple. That was I remember when I was young being like, one day I'll get to play yeah. there. Kind of yeah. that was that venue, you know, like all the cool kids For played sure. the satellite. And then when the bootleg happened, to me, I was the, I don't know if it was the team there, but it just supported a great vibe. Yeah, yeah. that was always a great yeah. place to play. Oh, the hi hat is gone as well, too, which you used to live pretty close yeah. to. Yeah, everything it never sounded good in there to me. Yeah. <laughs> it never sounded it's good. A new, it's a new venue now. Oh, it is? Yeah, it's called the Goldfish. Oh, that's right. right. And they moved the stage to, like, the back corner. I haven't been in there yet, well, but it makes more sense. Pretty so. vibey, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a very weird setup. It was a really weird— It, it just, was, a, it was yeah. convenient. It was nice to have a venue over there, but, yeah, it wasn't the greatest. Yeah, because Northeast L.A., where a lot of musicians were living, there wasn't really anywhere to play— in that part of LA, you yeah. go down to Silver Lake or Echo Park, but I'm glad to see some. Yeah, I think that was kind of they were they were working on it when I was leaving LA last September mm. when I was moving out that that was coming. But um, so with your guys' studio, Laura's house in Echo Park, it was it was a former meat market, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and so she named it Vegas Meat Market yeah. for the venue and would host incredible live shows there and now you guys have taken that over to build a recording studio or yep. built a recording studio exactly kind of yeah with, with the help of her family who has been incredibly gracious to kind of support us through it and uh yeah we, we contacted them and laura had always talked about doing recording in that space yeah and so they helped us kind of follow through with with her thoughts and what what our dreams were and now we're there yeah and you guys are you guys are open you're cutting records there liam you're in the process of making a solo record. Yeah, it's it's actually done. It's in in the can. Is that what they say? Uh, the official term, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> hope, hopefully, it's coming out this year. And yeah, the studio is called the Market Recording. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's an awesome space. And yeah, uh, we I'd been talking to to Pete um, about doing a record for a while, and then when I when you know the ball was rolling and the studio was going to be a thing. Um, I was like, I have to wait and I have to do it here, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, it took some time, but it was totally, totally worth it. Uh, and yeah, I think we can all agree. I mean, it's, it's awesome too. Cause it's kind of the dooms home base. We rehearse there and, uh, yeah, do we make t-shirts and <laughs> drink yeah. too much. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's um, been, it's been cool yeah. to, um, like going back to the sunset stuff, the, the new way we've been recording for the time being our next batch of songs. Um, we've done the self-produced thing at the studio, which is mm. really cool to have that, um, to just have like the luxury of, to be able to have a full studio at our disposal. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah these two gentlemen are also pretty good producers as yeah. well. So it's been nice to have that experience too. Yeah. And you guys have some fantastic gear. I'm, I'm bummed I didn't get to stop by and see it before I left LA, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. We, back. Got, we got some cool, some of the basic standards and a lot of cool odds and ends stuff. Uh, JCF Audio built a console that's in there. So shout have, out to Josh Florian, Josh best Florian. tech in the business. Florian. The one and the, the only. <laughs> Currently fixing a Theragun He's in the kitchen. He's currently working on my, on my Theragun, which yeah. I appreciate. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, we got uh, like a 1970s Autotronics console next to Josh's modern console. So a little yin and yang of old and new. And then, yeah, handful of microphones and a pretty okay sounding live room. So we're, we're stoked. Well, that's great because, I mean, you know, as, as I'm sure you already all know, as some people who've recorded themselves or recorded at studios, like studios are great to go to because, you know, there's, sound there's an energy there to go in and work but to be able to hash out your own ideas create and have the luxury of time absolutely and a luxury of being able to cut drums because really that's like why you need the space it's the hardest yeah. thing and yeah to do to record because it's just you need a lot of mics you need a lot of room in order to do that and then yeah. now to have the dooms like clubhouse and home base all located in one like very special place yeah, in LA. yeah. we're really the, lucky the energy in that building is just mm -hmm. through the roof yeah yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to hear what keeps coming out. You guys just released a single, right? Yeah, yeah, that was recorded there. Um, the past two singles that are out. Yeah, it's uh, called Post Traumatic and Staring at the Wall are the two new ones. And yeah, uh, yeah I think we got a, a really cool sound out of there. Yeah, we were experimenting with a lot of different stuff and um, our, our vibe had got, a, we kind of found a little bit more of what we feel is the band's voice now and doing it there in our own element kind of, I think that translates... 
Mm-hmm. And to get a little audio nerdy on it, we uh, <laughs> we we split the drums and cymbals, and we recorded that way for this record. We did it the, yeah. the 90s yeah. and early 2000s yeah. way. Yeah. So nice. that's been kind of fun, taking time and figuring uh, out yeah. how to make that's that That's something I've always wanted to do, and I was stoked on it. I thought it was really fun. Yeah. And uh, shout out Adam Criscow. Uh, lended a, he lent us a, uh, a really, like, a CNC kit with huge sizes. So it was like 24... I think 13, 16, 18. She's a big, so, yeah. boomy, yeah, just big rock boom. and roll drums. Yeah. yeah. And like we did all the stuff, um, all the riding floor tom stuff was done with the cymbal overdub, and then the tom fills were on the other two. So it, like there's just all sorts of weird oh, audio tricks. So going what on. you're doing in that process is basically laying down the groove, the beat, without any cymbals on top of it, and then going back over and tracking. Symbols on yeah. top of it Hitt- later. Hitting pillows instead of symbols. So if you listen really carefully you and some of the breaks, you're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and then what, what is the benefit of then of, of tracking that way? What are you, what are you getting So then you have this, a great control over the sound where normally you turn up a drum, you inherit, you're just turning up a cymbal because of the bleed. And so cymbals, you're always trying to push back and drums, you're trying to push forward. When you split them up, you have free reign to do whatever yeah. you want. You can make drums sound really big. So you make some really big ass. Drums. You're right there, buddy. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> like, getting, my throat might getting be choked up. Getting choked up about those drums. I'm getting choked up thinking about over here. <laughs> I just make it sound so good. It yeah. just makes me emotional. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is what is your guys' creative process like then? When before, like with writing, with coming up with tunes as a band, Elodie, are you writing the lyrics or coming with an idea? To everyone, are you kind of writing together? For some of the songs, I'm usually just like crying in my room in a corner, uh, <laughs> playing an acoustic guitar, and then I'll bring it in. Yeah. And then, and then we'll like make, turn it into an angry bitch song. So, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. You know. We do a lot of uh, writing in smaller groups mm-hmm. and then bringing it to the band, but we ultimately end up arranging everything together in the room. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, so a big part of our, our vibe is like orchestrating guitar parts so that like everything flows like I'm always right speaker guitar Kyle's always left speaker guitar and if we want something to be big and powerful we'll play unison but we'll also mm-hmm. like deviate around and yeah the dynamics the heartstrings yeah tantrum yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's starting with the melody of the heartstrings yeah first. Yes. yeah it's yeah. usually a lot of times it's a like Elodie it's like a voice memo from her like she'll have lyrics and melodies ready to get like usually on the fly even if we're writing in a room it's Lyrics and melodies coming together straight from melody. Or sometimes she'll be clanking on a guitar and we'll hear a voice memo and then bring it to the room and be like, all right, let's, yeah. let's see what we can do with it. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of start with the campfire test mentality. Like it's got to sound good, just a guitar and vocal. Yeah. And, the then, and then build it from there. I mean, that's the, that's the key. Yeah. A good song is a good song. Exactly. It, you know, yeah. Yeah. in its most stripped back form, everything yeah. else will just enhance the the support yeah. of the story to totally. me. You know? Absolutely. And yeah. we we do our best to just stay out of the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and even even before amps come on or anything, even if it's the five of us, it's still like Pete Orality with a guitar and like we're all like making sure the whole thing is there before we even turn anything on. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 We experiment. I feel like sometimes we have some fun and do some kind of jamming or like uh, – yeah, kind of creation together or trying to, you know, make something out of nothing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we've done that successfully yet. A new song yet, we have is, it, we'll release it one day. I don't know. It's called Healing. But we uh, started it all in the room and it just got angry and feisty and it's my favorite song ever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, you had like a lyric idea, right? And then we yeah. went from I, I think, there. I, I think like, that bass drum group was just kind of going. Someone and... took my wallet at the bar. That's what, that's, and then that night we went out to a show and – I lost my wallet and someone spent $600 on my fucking card at Best Buy. Oh <laughs> and I was like, I just put that out there. It's <laughs> my fault. Put it out in the universe yeah. and it comes back. Yeah. That's some real The Secret shit right Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Gotta be careful what you put out, man. Come on. Yeah. yeah. So what is, for you with songwriting, is it, is it something that kind of just, when the inspiration hits or are you in a place where you're kind of using it to dive deeper into your emotional process, a little of all things. A little of all, yeah. And, like, back in the day, I just, I I was just writing so many singer-songwriter songs, and then I tried mushrooms for the first time, a bunch of them, and uh, took my ride on the beach on my bike, thought I made it to Point Doom. I did not. And um, (laughs) was just listening to a lot of old rock, and I was just like, wow, like, instead of, Sounding like I'm crying while singing. I could I could put this 
this out in a angry, more energetic, kind of happy, twisted way. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And then the dooms happened because I thought I was at point doom. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's yeah. where the name comes from. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. where the whole concept of forming the band came from was a mushroom trip where she she was in the wrong place and, yeah. and saw, saw the doom. Or the right place. The right exactly. place. Yeah, sorry. And I don't want to put negative spins on it. the end of that trip, I had just finished reading Just Kids, the Patti Smith book. And by oh. the end of that trip, I thought I was Patti Smith. I had to photo shoot like, with a fake Robert Mablethorpe. It was great. Nice. Yeah. I love, I mean, is this like our, our, I guess our, my cousin Adam, who is not here because he's in LA, but this is my first time doing an interview without him. And so I haven't had an emotional breakdown yet of like insecure <laughs> attachment, like thing You're with him. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. But you know, our, our podcast was kind of formed on how much psychedelics have helped us just in life mm-hmm. in, you know, healing through emotional stuff, through creativity, through business. Have, have you found that, you know, that initial mushroom trip, Oh, always leaves such an impact on on us. Totally. That as the creative process has unfolded of having other kind of tools or other kinds of means of continuing to unlock those aha moments yeah. within you. And also, I've gone through shit and my all my songs used to sound sad and just to be able to like have an outlet and be positive, turning shit to fertilizer and growing something cool yeah. and, and loud and angry and tantrumy and being okay with being angry. All about the shrooms, baby. Dude, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's something I work with a lot is like growing up feeling like the, it's not okay to be angry or yeah. something, but like would love angry music. Like my mm. first love was punk. And then, you know, but like, because that was like an outlet I couldn't have where to be able to voice that anger and be like, oh, this is okay. Exactly. And this is therapeutic and this is really good. And I'm mm-hmm. not... I don't know, whatever. And also like messy and beautiful and being a bad bitch. I don't know. It's, I, I saw the uh, Pretender show when I was really young, just on TV. And I was like, that is a bad bitch right there. Like, yeah. She's just strutting herself across the stage. And mushrooms were like, you could do it too, sweetie. <laughs> Go, yeah. be, be yeah. free. You Go. can do this. Yeah, It's a healthier way to process those feelings yeah. and, and use them to, to get that emotion across in the songs. Yeah, yeah, totally. I will say, knowing you for as long as I've known you, the angrier your music has gotten, the happier you've become. One hundred percent. In your personal life, seriously, yeah. like over over the last like year or two, especially, I've like really noticed it. Yeah, it's like uh, I don't have to self sabotage anymore because I'm just doing it in my songs. Yeah, you're getting, yeah. You're, you're getting it all out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, is what a gift music is. Any sort of creative release, right? Because it can be an outlet to. Mm-hmm better ourselves to not self-sabotage because you're like, cool, I can put it into the art. Totally. I can, you, yeah. that is therapy, a form of therapy and yeah. writing and allowing yourself to be free with like it's a way better outlet than a whole lot of booze and drugs. And yeah. The bad ones. In a way though, it's like, <laughs> yeah, the bad drugs, but in a way it's like, you know, if all of us go through some incarnation of that in our lives, probably at some point and feel we need to, cause it brings you to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I've definitely been there, you know, yeah. with, with the drinking or the bad drugs yeah. and things, but it leads you to that point where maybe it's that you've had enough or just that like, maybe there's something else out there. And then having that aha moment where you can channel that into your lyricism. Into totally. Your, your so music. now I get to address all my shit in practice and I don't have to just put on a smile every day. Like I can like get through it in practice and yeah. go through a little bit of it and then just be happy and be okay with being happy. Yeah. So it's cool. That's cool. Have you found so you found like this has helped you allow yourself to be like happy, like or 100%. to allow yourself to fully feel like it's okay to be happy. Yeah, in life. and just be me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's yeah. wonderful. Well, it definitely translates through the music. Like I love the energy that you guys bring in your songs and on your stage performance because. I'm trying to think, I guess the last time I saw you guys was that live stream, which was a very interesting process. They did during COVID. And yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a <laughs> right, the hot room. That was so hot. Yeah. That actually came out awesome, but yeah, it was because it? It yeah, you guys no, went back and re-edited everything, and um, not, no, not even so much, oh. but like the the sound you got was great, and the um, like going back and watching it, like. I, it came out great for as uh, flustering as because we were we were doing it like live stream early COVID. We're uh, like trying to get yeah. it, uh, every, everything dialed in. And it, I remember it being stressful, but because it was through like a ticketed company and stuff. Yeah. So they were like, we got to get it on now. But that, that turned out really great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys still killed it out there. It was like definitely 
the thing I love and hate about working production where there's like certain things that maybe whether it's the team you're working with or the, whatever that's not going well. And then you're just like, uh, but you almost lose sight that you're like yeah. the, the performance yeah, yeah. is still going to be a good performance regardless of what's going on in the background. So hopefully you can get out of the way and let it yeah. go totally. out. But I haven't seen you guys since that yeah. perform live. So seeing kind of how you've developed in your stage presence as a band and then holding it down. Cause playing on a big stage is a fun and glorious thing, but it's also a terrifying thing. Cause it's a very large space to fill, but you guys like owned it on there. Like you very yeah. much look like, yeah, we're supposed to fucking be here. Oh, <laughs> like thanks, really, thanks, man. Yeah. like you look like a fucking rock and roll band, you know, it wasn't awesome. like, yeah. yeah, that's a weird part because we like, we did all this development, uh, in COVID, but like we, we didn't really, we don't really have our like touring legs yet as this yeah. band. So like for us, like that, it's been a, like a learning experience, even though these past, two days at South by of like, all right, run and gun uh, festival set where you can't necessarily hear anything. Yeah. And like, it's just kind of like, it felt like that that's like a last missing piece of the puzzle now where it's like, oh, okay, like let's get this m muscle memory going now and uh, that kind of stuff. But I'm glad, yeah. that we, glad that we looked good. You, 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 you look good and you sound like you look like, you, you look like you've been doing that a lot. You know? In practice, I've just been walking back and forth like nonstop while singing because I'm like, I'm going to have a lot of space up there. Like, I have to figure out how to get my steps in and sing at the same time. Yeah, that transition from small club where you can't like turn without yeah, knocking yeah, your guitarist to exactly. uh, having a giant stage to run around on is an exactly. interesting wow. transition. I don't know though because I've always been stuck behind a drum set, so I can't yeah. Yeah. ever yeah, do not, shit. Kind of the same for us, except you just have a lot more places to look. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> guitar players are flying past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're is all that, in better shape than I thought. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, we were talking about this last night. Lauren and I were talking about this of like mad respect to singers that run around the state. Where we're watching a giant dog which is awesome. I don't know where they're from, but they were awesome. And the singer, you know, just running around, still killing it vocally and running around. I'm like, oh man, I'm getting winded just watching yeah. her, you know, to be able to do that. So I don't know, what, what you, what's your secret? Are you doing like Pilates or? No, I'm, it's just a tantrum. I'm just. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you, you work out pretty regularly. Yeah, I do a lot of hot yoga. Oh, yeah, there you yeah. go. And um, I go on long walks on the beach and a nice pair of slaps. Yeah. <laughs> That's my <life. laughs> well, I also, works. I'm a teacher. Uh, like, I teach music classes. So I, I do sing, like, all day, every day. Mm. So I, I got the stamina, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, brother. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like you guys are doing it the right way. Like we were talking earlier, there's no shortcut to making something good. Like, totally. you've put the work in into the songwriting development. Now you're getting out, you're playing. Is that is you guys have anything lined up for upcoming tours or just extended dates of playing around Southern California outside. I mean, we're going back to work on that record that we had been recording. Yeah. So get those finished up. Yeah. You know? And we're kind of in a position where now like we're ready to go. So like, we're just looking for like touring, like if a tour pops up, like yeah. we're more than happy to do it. And kind of just for the time being like playing around LA, continuing our thing and then just being ready for whatever yeah. comes up basically. I mean, that's the, that's the worst feeling is, you know, not having your ducks in a row when the the something strikes because the analogy was given to me when when I was young and playing, starting to play a lot is like when that moment hits, it's almost like a an hourglass ticks, and then it's just like here's your here's your opportunity, and oh, not everyone's yes. ready because it's like focusing on maybe the wrong thing of like the the fame of it or the like getting to the end without the journey there. <laughs> well, especially instrumentally or so like, like a yeah. drummer not having your shit together when mm -hmm. an opportunity comes up, yeah. or, you know, like, I know that's why I'm yeah. like hoping, but not hoping anyone calls me right now. Cause I literally haven't got mine a kit in like yeah. a month. I got to so. hit the shed myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, um, so the new, you guys are working on a full length to finish up these two singles are a part of, or this is going to be separate. From that, we're just kind of uh, taking it a song at a time. We we tracked uh, seven. Yeah, yeah. We planned to do five, four. Yeah. Ended up with I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we we tracked seven, and we've got at uh, at least three or so ones, new ones to track as well. And yeah, we're just going a song at a time. And you know, since we're coming out of the pandemic and haven't really been able to like move the ball down the field. Uh, we're just like trying to make sure that we're available and ready for whatever opportunities come our way. And like getting to do South by was a big one for us. Like 
like we said, we haven't had the chance to really play live as the band has grown and changed yeah. our sound and everything. So, uh, yeah, we're just kind of finding our footing, figuring out what the next steps are and going one song at a time. And then how did this opportunity come up to play South by? Because you guys were playing some good showcases. You know, they're, oh, Gohemon and Renegading is awesome too, but like you guys came with like your ducks in a row with that. How did all that well, that, that was up. actually uh, our management company. Uh, they're called AFA. They um, they were working with some of the people putting on the showcase. So like they had like um, they were working with Give a Note, which is a charity that helped put on that showcase. And so um, yeah, they were kind of part of the booking process for that one, which was really cool. Mm, yeah. And then but then also um, once that happened, um, kind of the words out that like oh the, like um, they're available for other shows. So the one last night, I don't, I think the one last night just kind of came up organically from that, where it was like, mm. oh cool, uh, bands in town. Like it was another official show. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, it kind of started with that um, that collaboration between the management company. That's great. And so, have you guys been with this management company since the formation of the band, or? Um, not. Uh, I had released a few singles, and then. Matt, one of the managers, called me up and was like, I listened to this song on Spotify and I can't get the chorus out of my head. I want to come to LA and see you guys. And then boom. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, and you know, had known him prior from previous no. projects or he just no, he, out of the he blue? No, he on, on a playlist. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, old song, yeah. I mean, how wonderful of an experience. That's like the, the benefit and hard thing of everything can be streaming now is getting heard, but that opportunity just to be like, hey, I heard your shit. We love it. Yeah. Come. Yeah. Uh, so They're sweeties too, like they care. So what is it yeah. that, as a as a band, as like a you know, up and coming band, what is a management company doing for you for like people that aren't aware of what is management as opposed to a label or as opposed to a booking agent? What Trying is management to keep doing? Us patient. That's fair. Because we're really just yeah. ready to fucking go yeah. and send it. And yeah, it's but kinda- it's, it's good because especially we were forced to be patient in this pandemic yeah. and we have 10 songs ready to record right now or that we're recording, but we wrote so many other songs during the pandemic that are no longer, I don't know. We just have a bunch of better ones yeah. now. So yeah. it's like, it's, it's good that we were for, I mean, at least me, I know you guys are patient. I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's, I'm like ready to rumble, baby. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's uh, really just keeping us patient and uh, also positive. Yeah, and kind of like tricky. the overall, like for, for people who don't know just in general what managers do, it's kind of just like they're kind of like an extension of the band in terms of like the managing the overarching like, oh, like maybe this label wants to get in touch. Like, is this, a, when's a good time to release this single? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. when to do what? Like more kind of strategizing. Yeah. And then like obviously as more opportunities come in, they're kind of just like logistically and strategically trying to put the pieces of the yeah. puzzle together. But it's kind of hard, like, when we had to wait around and stuff, it's yeah. like, they're kind of just like, all right, guys, like, keep your head up. <laughs> you know, like, like we're ready to go. Yeah. We got songs. We're, yeah, we have a yeah. great set so, together. Yeah. Yeah. It's also nice just not only having to worry about the music and creating and just, like, I don't have to talk business or anything, which yeah. is positive for me because yeah. I'm, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, I end up talking about cats every time. <laughs> so it's good that they do that. Yeah. Yeah. We do a, a weekly zoom call with them um, to kind of all stay on track and, and, you know, keep the momentum going in one way or another. And yeah, I think they're kind of always looking for opportunities for us and yeah, they're part of the team and um, yeah, thinking about next steps and stuff. And they're, they're based in New York. Mm. Um, so I guess, yeah, they got some feelers and connections out there. Um, but yeah. Do you feel like, I guess, you know, the the industry is always shifting and people would traditionally think like you're a band, you got some good shit together. Next step is signing to a label. Have you found that there was a much better benefit of coming, being with a management company before entering into any sort of label, if you even need it, that that's open doors, that is kind of, you're like, just is what it is. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, I I think we're we're open to working with the label. I think um, we're interested in that support and relationship and uh, exposure, I guess. Um, And yeah, I think more than ever, you know, people can uh, have their own kind of build their own team and not have a label. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think there's I think there's advantages as well. 
And when those, like we, we have had like some conversations with a couple labels and when those come up, it is kind of helpful to have like the more people you already have on your team, mm. it's kind of better because they kind of know the lay of the land. Like this is what this would be. This is what that would be. And yeah, yeah so we exactly. don't totally get fucked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's super helpful having them to navigate it because yeah. they understand that world and yeah. they're having more conversations like that than we'll ever have. You know, yeah. That's, that's. That's the gig for and, them. Yeah, and you kind of have a middle person where, like, say a label does approach you, they're hashing it out on your behalf long before. Like, you you don't have to come in as a band talking directly to a label and be yeah. like, we don't know what we're talking about, yeah. you know. And, uh, yeah, it's weird because I, I do like the independent spirit that you can have nowadays, but it, it, I do find there are still kind of gatekeepers yeah. even in the streaming, whether it's, like, playlisting oh, yeah. or, like, it's weird. There's kind of an illusion. It's of like, like a payola for streaming nowadays. Yeah. 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 It's really like the industry somehow finds a way to still make it the industry. Still, <laughs> exactly. still block yeah. you from things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I imagine that's feels really relieving to have someone that you, it seems like you guys, you know, have a good relationship with this management company trust and to like be in your corner for that and Absolutely. help break down some of those walls, yeah. help like, yeah, whether, however, to get those gatekeepers out of the way, you know, so that way you can be like, just let us do our art. And, and I mean, yeah. this, the goal is really just always like this, let's do our thing. And we want as many people to hear it as possible Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. to be in service of that. Yeah. And they found us, like, like Elodie said, they found the music organically and yeah. we're fans first. Yeah. And yeah. we just, we trust them and believe they have our best interests in, in mind. And that's, that's been working for us. Yeah. yeah. And they're nice. That's, yeah. that's, they're nice, they're nice boys. Yeah. yeah. Good boys. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Matt and Neil. Yeah. They'll, yes. they'll participate. Uh, we don't need to get into it, but we, we pranked Pete on his birthday. And <laughs> they, yeah. they, they helped they us out. Yeah. Yeah. They participated. Nice. Nice. They participated. They deal with our humor. They like yeah. your cats. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Right. As yeah. long as Huge they're cat, cat, cat people, <laughs> then they seem like they're good people. I mean, Charles is our art on the newest single. It's her face. Oh, that, okay. I was like, your cat looks familiar. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at your guys's single this morning that you released. Yeah. That's, that's, that's good Char -char. art. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the moneymaker right there. That's what's going to draw people in. She's got a lot of names. <laughs> we, got, we have a lot of names for our cat. They keep just growing. <laughs> Cheryl. Cheryl. Cheryl the barrel. Um, <laughs> so record playing around LA this is what's in store next for the Dooms. Yeah. And where can people find out more about you? Follow our Instagram yeah. at yes. the Dooms underscore yeah. D-U-M-E-S for wholesome content. <laughs> the go. underscore is on the end. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, the, the Dooms underscore on it. We're, Instagram is probably our most uh, yeah. consistent way to keep up with it. And then yeah. follow on Spotify as well would help a lot too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We like to keep the story spicy. Yeah. I've seen it's very wholesome content. Thank you. Thank it's you. the most wholesome. Yeah. I, now that I don't have a church gig, I just follow your guys's. I love it. Yeah. Hey, a lot of holes are involved in our content. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then to find out more about the market uh, recording, it's uh, the full name, right? Market yeah, recording. The, the market recording on Instagram as well. Yep. Yeah. And then Liam, your project. Yeah. Which that, I'm very excited for your record. Thanks. I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah. Um, I would love it. I'd love a copy. Yeah. Uh, we got some cool vibes on there. Um, yeah. That's under uh, Yellow Bird and there's uh, three D's. Duh, duh, duh. Yeah. You got Guy it. Fairy. Yep. <laughs> Dude, I was really hoping you guys were. Okay. The, the real reason I wanted you guys on is I know that, you know, you can open for Sammy Hagar. I was just really hoping you were going to come with some like we just partied all night with Guy Fieri and Sammy Hagar story. We, 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 we were hoping for that, but uh, he shouted me out on stage. Oh yeah, he, do you really? Yeah, yeah. He had a great moment with him. Yeah, he uh, he actually came up to us after, which was really nice. Right, before, I don't know, it was super cool. He was like, "Hey, I heard you guys were really awesome, and I really like your shirt." I, I it said, "Pussy builds strong bones," <laughs> and um, on stage. He said something perverse. Yeah, and he, I was he shouted it out. But yeah. he, was, he was hanging with her backstage, and he was like, he took a, a video with her and goes like, "I don't drink before shows, but I got a drink to that shirt." And like, <laughs> and, like <laughs> and then takes a drink, and then on stage, he like just during mid set, he was like, "Anybody see that band walking around with the pussy T-shirt? Like, <laughs> I, I got a kick out of that." And, and vamped on it for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and we were uh, we were getting some looks from the stage from uh, from a couple. Yeah, yeah. And he had a, the coolest move I've ever seen. He 
licked his pick and he put it on his forehead and it was yeah. hot. Yeah, it was wow. like during a, to do like a breakdown, like clap over the head. Yeah. Stuck a pick to his forehead and then picked it up and started playing again, <laughs> which was one of the coolest Wait, things And those vocals ever. were absolutely insane. Oh, his yeah. voice is amazing. Yeah. 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 That's why he's just the greatest, greatest of all time. Yeah, I it, mean, was, it was a great show. Yeah. And yeah. then he probably like took a next flight down to Baja just like kick it on the beach yeah. right after the show, like, you know? His mezcal, tequila, yeah. Yeah. schlopping it everywhere. But I'm with you. I, I really did want to see and meet Guy Fieri, but maybe maybe someday. That's a dream. Really yeah. 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 He was nowhere to be found, but he's got stuff to do. Yeah. Guy, follow us on Instagram, okay? We're big fans. <laughs> we're big fans. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I mean, honestly, I was. Gonna be, I was expecting you guys to be like, dude, we can't even play today. We're so messed up from partying with Guy Fieri and San Hagar the night before. Now they they ran a pretty tight ship. They were yeah. kind of in and out. But um, I did speak to Jason Bonham for like two seconds, or oh, we yeah? all did, and he was a very sweet, very nice guy. Seems like he's a very lovely yeah. person. He's really yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a band! Because what they had Michael Anthony from Van Halen. They had yep. Jason Bonham, and who was playing. Guitar. guitar. Yeah, he he was a shredder though. Yeah, he was killing it. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. he's definitely a band member. Yeah, and I'm sure if we looked at his resume, we'd recognize. Like a he dozen played on a gazillion yeah. things. He's played on. Yeah, he was a monster. Yeah, they had a great moment where they talked about uh, Jason Bonham shouted out Bonzo, and then they played rock and roll, which was pretty sick too. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean he's an he's just the incredible drummer in his own in his own right. Yeah, you know? and he's got like a great vibe about him. Like he was, uh, I remember he mid set he would one hand it and drink Coors Light on stage. He, like he has like a really good sense <laughs> of just humor. Rock about him. He's your yeah. personal yeah. hero now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just yeah. Chris is in his woodshed just like yeah. right, practicing that move. All right, right. no, no, okay, got it. He's, <laughs> he's pounding Lacroix just yeah, to that, get that's, ready. That's in the rehearsal room. Yeah. And then I, I, I take, I take the, the Coors Light on stage. Dude, just four hours a day every day, just getting that move down. <laughs> Got to put those ten thousand hours in. Yeah. And he'll stick flips and drinking Coors Light on on stage yeah. while playing. Nice. Hell yeah, brother. Well, dude, thank you guys for coming on and doing this. You Thanks made it a very pleasurable so South by Southwest for me <clears throat> to see you guys here and see some friends and familiar faces yeah. here in Austin. Thanks so, so much for having you. us. Yeah. yeah. And hanging last night was fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that was fun. Been having, having a good time. It's been a crazy sleep fun week. for a week, but I feel that. Yeah. I definitely feel that. Yeah. I, I hurt today. Yeah. I hurt today. Yeah. And it's not even from like drinking or anything. My body's just sore. I'm getting old. I don't know. All right. Well, we will catch up with you guys soon. Thanks for being on. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. I can be a bit of a bitch. Not listening, staring through the window of my car.